0: Good morning good to see you all as you might be able to tell today we have valley view with us to both sing and also share what has been going on with their ministry over the past year and so i am very excited for that but before that time comes if you have your bulletins on you let's quickly just look at the announcements and prayer items Uh, The first off, 7 o'clock at the church on Wednesday uh, is the prayer meeting, so I would invite you all to come out to that. Uh, Youth, 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. at the church on Wednesday, and then if you skip down to the bottom, EMC Missions prayer meeting on February 1st at 7 p.m. in Zoom. If you go onto their website, you can sign up for that. Otherwise, if you uh, give them a call, they can sort it out as well. March 4th to 6th at the Valley View Tubing Hill, our church is on to supervise. I would encourage you to sign up, not just because it would make us look really good today, but also it's a really good time, so I highly recommend it. Uh, Baby shower gifts. On the back, you noticed a rolling uh, coffee cart table when you came in. If you have baby shower gifts, I would encourage you to put them there. Uh, They are going home with Henry and Janae today. Uh, If you forgot and you still want to give a gift, then that's not a problem either. I'm sure that they would love to be surprised with gifts over the weeks to come. There is also going to be a mental health first aid course uh, coming up soon. If you are interested in that, get in touch uh, with me. It is via Zoom. It is something that uh, a province body is putting on, but uh, it looks interesting. So get in touch if you're interested about that one. All right. Also, baptism. If you are interested in baptism, come and talk to me. I would love to have that conversation with you. Uh, As far as prayer items go, I have a cardiology test this coming uh, tomorrow. That's the 31st, right? Yeah. Tomorrow. I'm happy I thought that one through. That would have been very embarrassing. So uh, I would appreciate prayer for that. It's just a stress test which means that I get to run on a treadmill while people look and prod at me, which is all sorts of fun. Uh, But at the same time, it's one of those very anxious things for me. So please, please pray. And then also I have a follow-up appointment on the 17th of February. So uh, keep me in your prayers. Uh, The congregational meeting tomorrow needs wisdom and guidance. I would ask a continued prayer for that. Uh, And high school students, this coming week, that is exam week. And so I would ask that uh, you keep them in your prayers and our teachers as well. One other thing that I want to add on to this is Michelle Bartel uh, is actually in the hospital now following a high fever that she had after her chemo treatments. And so we definitely want to continue to keep them in our prayers. All right. So with all of those things laid out, uh, without any further ado, I want to welcome up Valley View to share with us this morning. Good morning everyone.
1: It's good to see you all. I don't know you all, but I recognize quite a few of you, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, we're honored to be here and and get to lead this morning, get to worship with you guys and, and just share what's kind of been going on with us and yeah, any kind of news, I guess. So we're going to start with some songs this morning and we're going to kind of share in between some songs. And so feel free to stand with us. Um, We're going to sing Jesus, Messiah first, so sing along.
2: He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become His righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing.
1: I am just going to share a bit, so feel free to have a seat. Uh, I'll introduce myself. If you don't know me, I'm Jared Keller. I'm the facility manager at Valley View and have been for uh, almost four years now, so time's flying, and I'm learning lots, and, and God has been teaching me lots. Um, and yeah, a lot of learning has been going on in the last few months. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time on our tubing Hill. Uh, painfully. (laughs) Fixing, tweaking, shoveling snow. Um, Often trying to remind myself why we do it. (laughs) Because it can be a lot of work, but um, and in that way I I am very grateful for you who who come and and volunteer on the hill and can relieve me (laughs) of having to work it and save my sanity a little bit. So that's fantastic and I thank you. but uh, I see as people, they come uh, and use the hill, uh, use the facility. Um, just um, I'm reminded of what a tool is to reach, to reach people and to show them the love of Jesus. And uh, so many people need that right now. Because um, we know these last few years have taken quite a, a toll on, on humanity, <laughs> the whole world. Um there's been there's been so much loneliness and, and depression and and it's led to just yeah, not good things, suicides and all kinds of stuff. And um I even had a friend recently I went to school with whose daughter, twelve year old, took her life and that's just such a hard thing to hear. Um so there's a lot of pain out there and and so just seeing people come, lots of people come to the site and, and use the hill and have fun and and just kind of escape the hardships of life. Um, it's uh, it's awesome to see, and it's a way we can point them to Jesus um, in the process of that. So all the work is worth it, I think. And uh, something else um, I guess I've been learning and, and have seen, too, is just there's been a lot of fear, um, just afraid um, of current situations and what, kind of what future holds and stuff. And I've seen that in a lot of even believers too. It's it's yeah, it's just out there. And um, something God has been really instilled in me lately is just, um, I guess the the promise of the hope we have in knowing Him and in in having Him. Um, in our lives, and and just knowing we have no reason to fear, we have we have Jesus. We have we know the ending. We know who wins in this whole battle. And uh, yeah, this has led to so much peace in my life, and 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 I get to serve, I guess, with more joy in having that. And um, I'm just gonna read a verse too that I um, I was just reading last night. Um, it's in Titus Titus two eleven to fourteen. And as it comes up here, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, uh, training us to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works and I just I pray that I can live that we can live godly lives as we wait with this blessed hope of of Jesus coming back and our eternity with him and also that I can be zealous for good works and zealous doing these works on the hill as I sweat and toil and and I pray that uh, I can just represent him well. So, yeah, that's just a little bit of what I guess I've been learning and and what I've seen. But we're gonna keep singing as uh, in Christ alone, and just talks about yeah that hope we have in Christ. So, feel free to stand again and um, and sing with us. Amen.
2: Alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my soul. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of Bye. Bye.
3: take a few minutes to just share um, what I do at camp. So my name is Natalie Roots and I'm the administrative assistant. Um, it's been almost two years since I started working there and I still don't know what a normal overnight summer camp is. Um, we've only done day camps for the past two summers and last year we had 687 day camp campers attend. This includes children from the city Uh, through a partnership with UGM, and it includes um, uh, quite a lot of kids from the Hutterite communities. We had the opportunity to host um, day camps or field trips for them, and it was really good to watch our mission team interact with them and just share the love of Jesus with them. I really enjoyed it. Um, I want to share two verses which have been a rock for me. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you and psalms 145 verse 13 the lord is faithful to all his promises and loving to all he has made Uh, these verses are kind of a testimony from last summer and camp life in general it does go along with what jared was saying too um god gives perfect peace when we trust in him and he's faithful to his promises we've seen that time and time again um and it was just an honor watching our mission team um hold on to these promises like God will go before you. He will prepare the way, and he will give you the words to speak. And with this, I just want to encourage all of us to step boldly before the throne of grace and hold on to those promises. They're ours to hold on to. They're not just empty words.
1: I know it's a lot of up and down, but if you want to stand again, we'll sing one more. And we'll just sing, uh, good, good Father. He is so good to us. Um, Yeah, so let's sing that.
2: who I am it's who I am oh I seen many searching for forever
4: so far. Um, So I have the privilege of dismissing the children, and uh, I I mentioned to Pastor Russell that I might just get them to run a couple laps first before, so we can see them all, and then we'll dismiss them, but I won't actually do that. So yeah, I'll pray for the children and the teacher, and then uh, you'll be dismissed. Lord Jesus, I thank you for um, your presence here, and I thank you that um, how you pursue each one of us, and I ask that you would pursue each each child today in a, in a special way, and I ask that they would recognize your presence, and that um, um, they will just be able to grasp and understand and gain more knowledge of who you are, how much you love them, and also that even just today, whatever they learn will go with them for the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, children, I, you are dismissed. Just in case you're wondering, I do play instruments as well and sing. Just not with other people. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if you—I I don't play it well, but I, I'm sure I can play an instrument if I tried just might not sound very good. We have a very talented group at Valley View um, and uh, definitely uh, appreciate their their gifts. Um, yeah, just a pleasure to be here this morning. And um, I'll uh, give a little bit of an update as well as to what's going on at the camp um, and maybe even just in our own lives. Um, I am gran- just became a grandfather a couple of months ago, so that's been really exciting. and. Um, it's just exciting to see our kids grow up. And um, there's been many times when I've I've looked at them and I think, boy, I, I think I kind of missed the mark in a few places. Um, but as they're growing up and they're making their faith their own faith and uh, just watching them grow and and um, seek the Lord and, and just trying to figure out where they fit in. So anyhow, um, the family's doing well. So that, that part's been exciting. Uh, Exciting and yeah, just a good good phase of our lives. And um, yeah, and well, also want to just thank you for your support at at the camp. Like we, as Jared mentioned, and uh, we can't do this without you guys, and especially when it comes to helping on the tubing hill, um, we've been very appreciative of all the volunteers, and um, Hill is super busy. And it's just been great to see how how that blesses other people. But yeah, so thank you so much. When you come and help on the weekend, we often say those couple of hours that you spend there are not. um, There's way more that comes out of those four hours or whatever hours or your shift that you spend there. There's so much more that um, often Becomes of it, so yeah, we're super grateful when you guys come and serve, and it's been great having Emily on the board. So we appreciate her, and uh, um, that too. It's um, Loretta reminded me last year or, or this this summer that um, um, our uh, we're we're getting older every year, but our our mission team seems to stay the same age because we're always getting a new, new mission team or they, the younger ones come up and uh, start serving. So the gap keeps getting a little bit bigger. So it, uh, it's you just have to learn and adapt as to how do you interact. But then when we see Emily come and serve on the board, who uh, at first when we came to camp, she would have been on the mission team at that point and um, didn't see her around for a couple of years. Then all of a sudden she comes back and serves in the summertime and then she's on the board. So it's, it's great to see and some of those connections and how God uses um, camp ministry and um, people getting together and serving together, how we build some deep friendships that way and um, serve along, one, along each other. So, A um, couple other things, I guess, that are going on at camp is uh, our building project is still still working on that. We are working on the lower level right now. The painting is done. Next is ordering doors and installing doors and trim. And so we have a guy willing, Brad is willing to come and help there for multiple days a, a week coming to, um, he either helps on the hill or he's willing to help in the, just install some of those things in the basement. So there's, there's still lots of work that needs to be done, but all the fixtures, like the showers and vanities and sinks. and, But um, yeah, it's moving forward, so that's exciting we sometimes wonder when and how are we going to be able to use the building but doesn't matter we'll leave that to the Lord and he'll figure it out so that's kind of what Jared was alluding to too When we're working on the tubing Hill same thing goes as when we're working on the building we we, uh, work away and uh, hope that at some point we can use it but the upper level we can use and it's been great and people have really appreciated it as well so So the the building, the upper level, gets used um, daily because we have, the tubing hill has been quite busy, so we actually offer, for the most part, three shifts a day. So we run 10 to, or we offer the 10 to 10, basically. So there is times when we book ourselves off so we don't have any bookings, but our February, or the last half of January, February, and into March is starting to fill up now as well, but I think we're averaging at least two or two and a half bookings a day. So it's um, it's being used a lot, the building, and um, Bill, obviously. <coughs> um, yeah, so as far as summer camp goes right now, tomorrow we'll meet and see what we can come up with. We, we booked off tomorrow morning as a planning morning for, for summer camp. We think we'll be doing day camps again, not sure. We might try some overnight camps, but um, our main goal will be to plan plan the day camps. Um, So yeah, we also, we've kind of been taking the lead, how we plan a camp, we've kind of been taking our lead from our supporting churches. So how you do church is kind of how we try to um, figure out a little bit how we do camp as well because Obviously our supporting churches are, um, we want them to continue to support us. And it's kind of, as we navigate through how we, how we do camp, we um, yeah, look for your lead as well. So it's good to be able to be here and see how you do things. And then we, um, yeah, we take that into consideration as well. So we'll be planning a family fun day again, I think and if we can in spring, that's always a really good event and probably some field trips we, we do quite a few of those, so different schools and uh, the Hutterite community and um, private private schools as well, so we'll try to continue to do that as well. Um, we're excited to have Andrew on board, and um, <clears throat> if you're wondering uh, what his role is, um, you might explain a bit too, but yeah, Michael is on parental leave, so in the intern he's going to be filling Michael's shoes, and then um, once Michael's back, which we're not quite sure when that'll be, but we we'll, um, whether that'll be during the summer or after summer, but um, regardless, once Michael's back, then um, he'll kind of shift over into filling Loretta's shoes. So um, we've been, Loretta and I, we've been there 10 years now at Valley View, and um, we'll, uh, Loretta's been a full-time volunteer there for the, that portion of time, so she wants to scale back a little bit, so we'll try and find someone to start or she'll start training Andrew a bit, I guess, and what her role was, and um, yeah, we'll do a bit of a transition there. So um, As far as um, the Ministry of the camp goes, something that um, I've been become a little bit more passionate about in the last year is um, teaching younger people kind of a little bit more about... Um, maybe what is to come and how we use our gifts to, um, to share the gospel and what that maybe kind of looks like. So even as campers, like we, we, we tell them about Jesus and, uh, you know, Jesus' birth, death, burial, resurrection, and, um, and yet I challenged our staff a little bit last year that how about to talk a little bit more about what is to come as well. Like, Jesus' return—he's—he's he's coming back at some point. We don't know exactly what that'll look like, when that is. So, um, just us and the staff, or we have we kind of wrestled through that a little bit at times. But um, yeah, we know he's—we know Christ is coming back. But um, I was at an event recently, and. Um, it, it, there was a discussion about finances as well, and then the parable of, uh, in Matthew 25, was read about uh, the parable of the talents, and uh, where one receives the 10, and one 5, and the other one just a couple. And, um, and um, the discussion kind of led to what are some of our talents that we have. And um, I've, I've always interpreted, I shouldn't say always, I used to think that parable was maybe more about finances or money and, and, and material things, but I have strongly believe that it's about our most valuable um, possession that we have. And um, I think our most valuable possession that we have is knowledge and understanding of the gospel. So when I read this parable... I think that that is what needs to be told, is what what we have needs to get shared with with others. And um, so yeah, because I heard this recently, and it was, they were talking about finances and and other gifts that we have, and it could very well be that, and it it probably is is that and more, or it it could be a part of that, I guess. But I still think it's about our, um, either the knowledge of salvation, or the gospel, or maybe even the gospel itself. But um, you can come, feel free to correct me later if I'm wrong, but I just uh, um, feel that that is something that the knowledge and understanding of the gospel is very valuable to us. And if we don't invest that, then um, speak that to others, they won't know. And um, the one that didn't invest is Portion, was considered slothful. So I went and looked up the word slothful, and it's lazy self-indulgence and self-gratifying. So I think in order for us, when we don't share the gospel, um, it's often because of our slothfulness or laziness because it's a, it, it boils down to ourselves. And... Um, Obviously, at camp, that's what we do there, is to share the gospel. We also do a lot of fun stuff. Um, We have to sometimes, um, and we want to be good stewards of what the camp's been entrusted with, or what we've been entrusted with, so what people have given, like all the the material things, but um, ultimately, I think we are fairly passionate about sharing the gospel. So, um, yeah, I just want to challenge you maybe to... If you have time read read that um uh, those parables and um consider i guess how um are are we reinvesting the, the greatest gift that we have and um understanding of the gospel so yeah i think that's uh i all leave it for now and um Get Andrew to come up here, and he'll uh, be doing another song, maybe. Right? Yeah. So. All right? Thanks so much.
1: All right. Feel free to sing with us again. We're gonna sing "How Great Is Our God." Um, yeah, kind of explains itself. God is good. He's great, and He works in ways we don't even see. <laughs> so, feel free to stand again as we sing.
2: the earth rejoice.
5: Good morning. Sure, most of you know who I am, but uh, for those of you who don't, like Henry said, my name is Andrew Dick. I just started as the assistant director at Valley View just a couple weeks ago. Only been on the job for about four weeks, so uh, not a whole lot to report as to my ministry so far at the camp. But um, all that time has been spent, you know, learning, uh, kind of getting a feel of how things operate at the camp and familiarizing myself with. Mission of One Hope Canada, and then, of course, the tubing hill takes up a lot of our time as well. But I thought this morning might be helpful just to share with you guys a little bit about my story or my transition into camp ministry and kind of how it came to be, kind of the journey that that brought me here. So for the past nine years, I had been working in the Pine Creek School Division as a student personal skills coach. If you don't know what that is or if you're not familiar with that skills coach position, Uh, you're not alone. Most people didn't really know what we did. Um, Unless we're working with their student from their classroom, right? Um, The best way I can describe it, maybe it's not the best way, but it's the best way I've found to describe it. Um, There's the EAs that assist um, the teachers with their students with the education portion. And us skills coaches, we assist the social workers with their caseload of students with the social and emotional portion, is what we did. I've been doing that for the past nine years, working out of Austin Elementary, Gladstone Elementary, and then the high school in Gladstone, William Morton Collegiate. So I really loved my job, and uh, I really saw the value in the work that we were doing with our students. But then, uh, a couple years ago, rumblings about Bill 64 started coming up more and more. I'm sure you're all familiar with that bill. Um, Part of that bill included the amalgamation of school divisions. Now this became a little bit of a confusing time for our student services team um, just because our division is the only division that has the social worker skills coach model and not the typical guidance counselor model. So then all this talk about amalgamations, we weren't sure how it was all going to shake down, um, but nothing really happened. No no real news or updates for the first year or so. Um, But then... The division made their plans. They were told that they were gonna to have to amalgamate with the Portage School Division and they didn't have skills coaches. So they decided they were gonna phase out the skills coach position, kind of just to reshuffle a little bit. So this wasn't a big shock to us. We kind of saw it coming, um, but it still put me in a, in a spot where my future was, was unknown. I didn't know what I was gonna do after, after the school year was done. So it was around this time about a year and a half ago when we got that news that that my wife and I we, we started praying more more intentionally about um, new opportunities maybe getting back into ministry in some capacity we we didn't know of anything specific that was available or, or open to us we just we just prayed that you know God would make us aware of any open doors that were around but then fast forward uh, uh, Couple more months, a year or so, maybe, then the news breaks that the people of Manitoba shut the door on Bill 64, right? And all the amalgamation plans were scrapped as well. So then there's all these questions again, right? What does that mean? Do we get to keep our jobs and all that kind of stuff? Um, School division didn't really know at the time. Uh, A couple more months of questions, they finally came out and said, you know, no, we're going to stick with our plan. They still Expect maybe amalgamation to happen at some point down the road, um, so they just wanted to prepare for the future, and we understood that. So um, it was good to get some clarity, but same time, my future was still up in the air. Right now, uh, I'm I'm a kind of guy that uh, likes stability. I, I like um, kind of to know what's expected because I have a family to provide for. Right, it's kind of a stressful season to be in, um, but you know, we just kept praying. Kept trying our best just to trust God that He would, you know, provide for us and give us some future. Um, Then, just a couple months ago, I want to say October, November, around there, we became aware of this this position at Valley View that was open. So we inquired about it. Just the timing of it and kind of the way it all fell into place. And we can say now that that we 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 know this was an answer to that prayer that we'd been praying for over a year. You know, God's timing. It's, it's perfect, right? Even if he makes us wait a little while to, to realize that and to appreciate it, it's it's still perfect, right? Um, so that's kind of just, just a brief story, um, my story in a nutshell of how I came to become employed by Valley View. Um, but in this time that we have now, we're going to spend some time in the Word, and I'm going to kind of tie my story into it at the end. But seeing as how how Valley View is a ministry, particularly focused on presenting the, the gospel to, to children and to youth, uh, I'm going to try something this morning. I'm just going to hope you'll permit me to uh, preach a sermon inspired by a children's devotional. I know the children have all been excused, and that's fine. This isn't a children's feature or anything. It's still a sermon, but um, my, uh, my wife and I, we have two daughters, five and six, and this, this new year, we started going through a new um, devotional book at home. During our Bible time. And it's a, it's a book called Roar Like a Lion. And uh, we've been going through it for yeah, a couple weeks, I guess a month now, right? And um, we've just really enjoyed some of these early lessons on you know, bravery and having a courageous faith. But what kind of happened was this, this book and kind of going through it, it kind of caught my attention this imagery of a lion and this title kind of caught my attention, and it kind of led me down this little side study of my own, on my own time, just looking up different references uh, to lions found in Scripture. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at three attributes of lions found in Scripture. That we're going to try and see what we can learn from them, kind of glean from them. Um, but before we do that, let's just uh, bow for a word of prayer, commit our time to the Lord. Lord, we just thank you for this this morning. We thank you that uh, you are such a good, good God to us. You are that mighty King. As we look into your word now, we pray that you would open our hearts, prepare it, and speak through me, Father, I pray. So if you leave out all the verses in the Bible that talk about actual lions, like literal lions, like Daniel in the lion's den, or a sluggard being afraid of being eaten by a lion in the streets you leave all those alone and just look at just the passages that that talk about the imagery of a lion, one of the more um, common ones that came to mind, at least for me, was the reference to the lion of Judah. Now, this connection between a lion and the tribe of Judah it actually goes back all the way to, to Genesis. Um, back when Jacob was about to die, he sat down and he blessed each one of his sons, and you can you can read all those blessings. It's It's in Genesis 48 and 49. Um, But in Genesis 49, verses 8 to 12, that's the chunk where where he's blessing his son Judah. Um, And again, I'm not going to read the whole whole blessing, but just verses uh, 9 and 10 of Genesis 49, verses 9 and 10 says, Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion and as a lioness. Who dares rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him. And to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. So here, we're already starting to see this connection. Already in Genesis, we're seeing this connection between a lion and a king, and the lion in the tribe of Judah. Um, the, the lion was, was the ancient symbol of the tribe of Judah, and it was a symbol of strength, courage, of sovereignty. Proverbs 30, verse 30 says that the lion is the mightiest of all the animals, and he doesn't bow down to anyone. We often refer to the lion as, as the king of the jungle, or the king of the beasts. You've probably all seen that movie, or at least heard of it, The Lion King, right? But this title of the Lion of Judah, it was a name that was given to Jesus. We know that Jesus was of the Lion of Judah, right? If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'll invite you to turn with me to Revelation chapter 5. In Revelation chapter 5, we have this scene where the angels and the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they're all gathered around, they're wondering who can open this scroll, right? Who can break these seals? Because they can't find anyone in heaven, they can't find anyone on earth, can't find anyone under the earth who's worthy enough to open this scroll and to look at it. But Revelation chapter 5, uh, we'll read verse 5. And the elders, and one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And then jump down to verse 9. It says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. By your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So we know Jesus is this lion of the tribe of Judah, but the important thing to remember here is that Jesus didn't conquer and become victorious when he opened that scroll. He was worthy enough to open the scroll because he was already victorious. Right? Because he already conquered. Verse 9 says that he was worthy because he was slain. That's how he conquered. Right? Isaiah three five says that he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds we are healed. And we, we just sang that song, How Great is Our God, singing of the splendor and the majesty of our king. But there's also that line referring to him as the lion and the lamb. Yes, he is that that lion, that conquering king, but he's also that sacrificial lamb that was slain. That's how he conquered. He was slain. He sacrificed himself. Over the course of human history, there are likely many people who have laid down their lives and, and died to save others. But there's only one in all of history who lived a sinless life, who was worthy to die for the sin of all mankind, who conquered sin and death and is now seated at the right hand of God. And that is Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. There's no one mightier. There's no one higher. If the lion is a symbol of sovereignty. Then, then he is the lion of all lions, the king of kings. And Jesus wants to be the king of your life. He wants to be the king of your heart. And he died to make that possible. He was slain to make that possible. So if you haven't yet, then I urge you today to seek him. Surrender your life to his sovereignty, and to receive his peace, his healing, and the forgiveness of sins. Okay, so that's, that's a brief look at the first attribute, the lion as a king. Second attribute that we're going to look at this morning, it's found in 1 Peter 5. You can already start turning there if you want. 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to look at the lion as a hunter. Now. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says be sober-minded be watchful your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour now notice the wording here he doesn't say that that the devil is a lion he says that he is like a lion you ever watched documentaries or or footage of of lions hunting You, you know that they're they're very stealthy, right? They're, they're quiet. They're silent. They're staying out of sight. They're stalking their prey from a distance, and then at the right moment, they pounce. Right? Gazelles or whatever don't really stand a chance, right? It's too late. Peter's saying here that the devil hunts much in the same way, right? You can't always see him working. He's not always obvious, but he's very deadly, Right? 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14 says that the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. So we can't let our guards down ever, right? We need to stay alert. We need to stay watchful because he desires only to destroy us. Peter's words here are actually very similar to what God said to Cain in in, in Genesis 4, verse 7. If you remember that, he, he said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, here it is. Sin is crouching at your door. Its, de- its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Very similar wording. But well, that begs the question, how? How do we be watchful? How, how do we be sober-minded? Well, we get a better idea if we look at 1 Peter 5, verse 8, within its context. So let's kind of zoom out a little bit. Let's look at the, at the greater chunk of it. Let's look at 6 to 10 and 1 Peter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. See, one of the tactics that the devil uses is his use of lies. Right, He tries to get us to believe things that aren't true. Here in verse 9, we see that we're supposed to resist the devil, firm in our faith, knowing that the suffering that we're going through is also being experienced by believers all around the world. Right? The devil tries to get us to believe that, that we're the only ones that are going through what we're going through, and that nobody else knows the suffering that, that we're going through. Right? He's trying to make us feel isolated. He's trying to make us feel like we're alone. This kind of thinking only leads to discouragement. It only leads to defeat. This is why we need to stay alert. We need to be firm and know that this suffering is not unusual, right? Believers around the world, as Scripture says, are going through the same thing. It's only temporary, right? He said, and after a little while, God will restore, confirm, establish you, right? It's only temporary. It's not unusual, in time, God himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That's our second attribute. Again, very brief. Our last one this morning. Um, we looked at the, at the lion as a king, the lion as a hunter, and then finally this morning we're going to look at an attribute for us as believers to put on. Um, it's in Proverbs 28. It's, a, it's just one short verse. You can turn there if you wish. Proverbs 28, verse 1. It's just one short proverb that simply reads, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I'll read that again. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Let so us think about that for a second. What makes someone run away when no one's even chasing them? What makes them do that? To me, in my head, I get this image of someone who's, who's very skittish, who's always looking over their shoulder, right? People like this typically have, have something to hide, right? They're, they're, they have a fear of being caught. Well, the truth is, sin has a way of making the conscience uneasy. And it makes men fearful. Depending on the sin, there is the potential for a man to become overwhelmed by guilt and shame. Make them feel that, that skittish, that fearful. Right? But that's possibly why the writer of this proverb says that it's the wicked that flee when no one pursues. But in the typical form of Proverbs, if, you, if you're familiar with reading the Proverbs, you, you know that each proverb typically has a contrast, right, between two things. Um, Proverbs 28, verse 1 is no different. There's a contrast here between the wicked and the righteous, right? The wicked run away when no one pursues, the righteous are bold as a lion. But this boldness, this this confidence, it doesn't come from within them, right? Much the same way as as our righteousness doesn't come from within us either, right? Romans 3.10 says that there is no one righteous, not even one. Isaiah 61.10 says that the Lord clothes us in a robe of righteousness. The Lord does that, not us. Again, that begs another question, How? How do we receive that robe of righteousness? How do we receive righteousness? Well, Philippians 3, 8 to 9 kind of gives us a little bit of a hint. Philippians 3, 8, 9 says this. says, Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Here it is. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So we are considered righteous only through our faith in Jesus Christ. Right? And it's, it's through this faith that we receive righteousness and we also receive the benefits that come along with righteousness. Right? Remember we said um, the wicked run away when no one's chasing them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Well, Isaiah 32, 17, it's a verse that shows us that the, that the righteousness that we receive is actually the opposite of the guilt and the fear and the shame of the wicked. Isaiah 32, 17 says... The effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. Depending on your translation, your Bible might read that the result of righteousness is quietness and security forever. How's that for a promise? Wouldn't you rather choose peace, quietness, security forever over fear, guilt, and shame? But these are just some of the benefits that that we receive through faith when, when God clothes us in that robe of righteousness. Now, as quickly here, as I close, I want to touch on one thing. And that's that I understand that even as believers, even as those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ and have been clothed in that robe of righteousness, we're still going to face fear, right? Fear isn't just for the wicked. This, this world can be a very scary place, even if we're making smart choices, uh, even if we're living our lives the way God called us to, we're still going to face fear, right? That kind of brings me back to, to my story earlier about my transition, my job uncertainty, the fear of the unknown. There was an element of fear in that process, right? As I contemplated um, getting into camp ministry, there there was... There was still fear of the unknown, right? I didn't know what I was getting myself into, right? Um, there was maybe even fear of failure. I didn't know if it was a good fit. I didn't know if it was for me, right? There's, there's still an element of fear involved. But we can't let our fear keep us in our comfort zone forever. Right? You see, faith and courage always go hand in hand. They always do. Look at any Bible story where someone took a step of faith, there will always be bravery involved. Right? Just some quick examples here. In faith, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they chose not to bow down and worship that golden statue, even though they knew that they would be thrown into the fire. That was brave. Right? That bravery didn't come from within them. That, they were brave because of their faith in God. Uh, In faith, as a boy, David chose to fight a giant to the death. What what kind of boy does that? That's brave. In faith, Joseph chose not to divorce Mary when he found out she was pregnant, even though that that meant that he would be facing public ridicule, shame. That's brave in its own way. And Peter, who took a literal step of faith when he stepped out of that boat into the waves and walked on the water to Jesus. These are all examples of bravery in their own way, right? Bravery isn't always fighting a giant. Bravery isn't always stepping into a furnace, right? Sometimes bravery is just doing the right thing, even though it's hard. But we can be bold, we can be brave by our faith in God. He's faithful, right? Natalie and, and Jared both touched on, on that, right? You don't have to be, be afraid. So, what giants are you facing this morning? In what ways is God calling you to step out of the boat, to step out of your comfort zone in faith and, and just to trust Him? We don't have to be afraid, because if we have faith in Jesus, then we have His righteousness. And if we have his righteousness, then we have his peace and security forever. And if we have his peace and we have his security forever, then that means that we can be bold as a lion. Let's pray. Let's close. Thanks, Lord, for examples of faith in the Bible. We thank you for how you are a faithful God and that um, you do clothe us in a robe of righteousness, which enables us to be brave. Which, which enables us to have peace and security forever. We ask that you would help us to be mindful of that and uh, go before us this week. Whatever um, situations we find ourselves in, help us just to do the right thing, even if it's hard. Relying on, on the, the strength that we have in you. This all in your name. Amen.
0: I want to say thank you for those... Wonderful and inspiring words. This week we should try to be brave like a lion, and I think that's a wonderful way that we can follow our Lord. I want to say thank you to Valley View for coming here this morning. Uh, Thank you for sharing with us, and most of all, thank you for all of the wonderful work that you do, not just uh, up at the camp, but with the young people in our community and across the province as well. It is noticed, it is appreciated, it is good work. So thank you for being here with us this morning. Uh, Our benediction this morning comes from the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his face and bring you peace. Go now and serve our God.